Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Nuria Martinez-Keel. And I'm Dale Denwald. You're listening to The Source. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the Oklahomans' most impactful stories with the reporters who wrote them. This week, COVID-19 exposed health disparities for minorities. Experts explain why these inequalities exist and how to end them. The Oklahoman's health reporter Dana Branham wrote a can't-miss story about the communities of color who were hit harder during the COVID-19 pandemic. Which populations were most impacted, Dana, and why do you think that is? Yeah, so in Oklahoma, we saw some interesting trends. Um, When you look at our COVID-19 mortality rates, you can see that they were highest among um, Native American people. And um, our case rates, some of the highest case rates were among the Hispanic population. Um, And so talking to experts about that, they had um, they had ideas on on why that might be, particularly uh, people who work in native health were not surprised to see that there were these higher mortality rates um, because of the chronic diseases um, that so many Native Americans um, deal with. So how is Oklahoma different in which minority populations were disproportionately affected? Across the U.S., we saw that people of color um, were disproportionately affected by COVID. um, And in a lot of cities, that was the um, Black, Hispanic, and Native populations. Um, Something different we saw in Oklahoma uh, was that um, particularly the Uh, Black population here, we didn't see the higher case rates and higher death rates um, that that some other larger, more densely populated cities did have. Now, Dana, your story points out that minority groups were already facing unequal health outcomes compared to the white population. Uh, What disparities were already uh, a reality of life before the pandemic? When I was talking to experts about what what was behind some of these health disparities, um, they talk about the higher rates of chronic disease, and that could be diabetes, obesity, um, heart disease. There's a whole um, litany of, of various chronic diseases that then put someone at a greater risk of a bad outcome if they got COVID. Um, but they were telling me that those those um, health outcomes and those health disparities go deeper than that. And they're really tied to access to education, access to health care, like having a, a primary care doctor, um, having a safe place to exercise um, and parks to go to in your neighborhood. All of these play a part in making you do worse with, with COVID. And it's not because of our race. It's because of all of these underlying issues that have plagued our community. It had to do with people of color are less likely to live in those environments that make make your um, 
make healthcare something easier to access for you and make a healthy lifestyle easier to access for you. Um, and those kind of feed into those chronic diseases that we see. Yeah, and Dana, I, I think it's still important in this day and age to point that out, that these health outcomes are often a result of the conditions in which people live. Because one of the experts in your story pointed out that people of color are not biologically predisposed to poorer health than than other races. It's just some of these more systematic issues that play into their quality of life. What what did those experts have to say about that? Right. So, yeah, again, these, like you said, these um, health outcomes, these higher rates of chronic diseases don't have anything to do with someone's particular, particular biology. Uh, it really has to do with the conditions that they live in um, and in the, the conditions their families grew up in, too. Um, these are these are the result of systemic disadvantages that people of color have faced. And just a quick note here, um, one thing I also found really interesting in your story was um, the part of the reason some of your, uh, especially uh, the, the Native health experts that you spoke with um, were talking about some of the, the causes for these disproportionate outcomes, specifically related to COVID, is so many uh, Native Americans in Oklahoma live in, in rural areas. How did that play a role in in the way uh, this population was impacted by the pandemic? In some previous reporting I've done, um, it's pretty clear that there was a rural-urban divide in, in our COVID outcomes, and you could see that in um, case rates and, and just these general um, kind of like like we talked about on, on your previous question, these general um, environment that people uh, tend to live in. Um, so Oklahoma's native population, um, a lot a lot of uh, a lot of that population does live in more rural areas where it may not be as easy to get to health care um, that you might just live further out from um, from a doctor, from a hospital should you need that care. Now when, when you start talking about systemic disadvantages, and quality of life and ways to improve that, often one of the places you go looking for a solution is the legislature, the state capitol. Uh, you, you spoke to some black lawmakers. They seemed to be doubtful that the state government was going to do uh, anything to bring meaningful change to the issue, at least uh, in the legislature. Uh, what did they tell you? Yeah, so I spoke with um, Senator George Young and Representative A.J. Pittman. Um, both of their districts um, are at least partially in Oklahoma City. Um, and they were telling me that they are just not hopeful that I was asking them, is COVID and the way that it has exposed these health disparities, is that lighting a fire under anyone? Is it creating any sense of urgency to to make some changes that we would see different outcomes? And it was disappointing. Um, they were telling me, no, they're not really seeing that. Right now, what I'm hearing does not make me optimistic that uh, two years from now, you and I can have this conversation again. And I'm going to be saying to you, man, things have really changed. We are addressing some of those issues. And I can see the results of us address, addressing those issues. Representative Pittman is on the Public Health Committee and was telling me that that isn't something that's really been brought up in earnest. And um, she was saying that's not the fault of the, the chair of the committee. It's just not really the, the priority that she's seeing from from her colleagues. 
And, and Dana, you've heard that Oklahoma County COVID case rates for minorities have remained steady in recent months uh, while they've started to drop for white residents of the county. What have medical officials been saying uh, are the reasons for that possibly? And what are, what's being done to change that? We heard from the um, lead epidemiologist at the Oklahoma City uh, County Health Department, um, and this was at a a forum a couple weeks back, but he was saying that case rates for white residents were really nosediving. Um, And then for communities of color, they were holding more steady. And he said that was tracking with who was getting vaccinated. So I know that there are lots of efforts both with the city county health department um, and other other groups around the state to make sure that vaccines are accessible to um, minority populations in um, in Oklahoma County. That looks like um, the the health department partnering with churches and other organizations to bring opportunities to people of color, bring vaccines into neighborhoods even is something that they're doing recently um, to really make sure that they are offered vaccines um, from people they trust in places they trust um, to try to drive that vaccination rate a little higher. Now, a a question that I have, uh, or a part of is partly a statement, I think it's important to point out that COVID can have long-term and in some cases permanent effects on a person's health. Uh, We're already seeing that uh, commonly referred to as long COVID. Um, And you've got people who who got COVID living in in poor areas uh, where they're disproportionately affected by the lack of healthcare resources. Coming out of COVID, they still live in these situations. Does that worry you at all? Should we expect to see poor outcomes um, 20 years down the line? Yeah, I think that that's a concern I've been reading about recently, that if COVID-19, and and we know that it was um, a disease that disproportionately impacted people of color, then the folks who are going to be dealing with long COVID, and that long COVID is really taking a, I mean, it's a very broad uh, definition. I think it's, we're still working on um, learning what that definition will be, but these are long-term impacts to someone's health, whether it's in their lungs, whether it's neurological. Um, And so there's this, this fear that I've, I've read about that, um, that long COVID is going to impact communities of color disproportionately. And like you mentioned, Dale, the, if long COVID would be disproportionately impacting these communities that already have some disadvantages in terms of access to healthcare, um, comorbidities that they may already have, um, which is a real concern. Well, Dana, thanks so much for joining us this week and talking about your really impactful reporting um, on, on these issues. Uh, I want to say to our listeners, this podcast is made possible because of you, our subscribers. Uh, We encourage you, if you're not subscribed, to subscribe if you can. You can read these stories and more every day in the Oklahoman and at oklahoman.com. Check back next Friday for a new episode.